Welcome to the Veterinary Success Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Douglas. Quick note before we get started, I want to share something that I'll be doing here in August. If you're listening to this as the normal release schedule, I'll be doing a CE talk with Lone Star Veterinary Academy. It's going to be worth two hours of race approved CE. It is August 1st, and it is about the seven deadly sins of financial planning for veterinary medicine. And Dr. Jenny Rizzo was on the podcast, episode 69. For those interested, if you want to hear her story, one of my favorite things about what Dr. Rizzo and LSVA is about is, first and foremost, it's a CE company that's owned by veterinarians. It's a small business, and they donate a part of every registration to animals in need. So if you want to get some CE and learn more about finances, head over to LoneStarVeterinaryAcademy.com and sign up. So let's jump into the guest today. I am pleased to welcome Adam Greenbaum, CEO of Whisker Cloud. Adam's passion for marketing and veterinary medicine will shine through in our discussion today. I have no doubt about that. In just our previous conversations, Whisker Cloud was launched in 2016 after Adam spent years watching the veterinary industry be kind of slow to change and adapt to technology. He wanted to do something about that. So Adam, I've been really looking forward to this conversation. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. It's nice to be on the other side of this microphone. Although I will tell you that when I have people on our podcast, I prepare nothing and I have prepared nothing other than our last conversation for this. And we'll talk a little bit about the podcast that you all put on because I think it is one that people should check out. And I guess the best place to start, and I've had some people talk about marketing before, and sometimes the questions and thoughts and things that I hear is that, you know, marketing is something that's very hard to grasp. Sometimes it's like, I can't touch marketing. Like what exactly is marketing? So if I am in a New York City skyscraper elevator and we are talking, how would you describe marketing to me in a kind of a quick, succinct manner? Well, marketing is branding. I remember I was like in college and I remember giving a presentation to a class. And at the time, my family owned their own clothing business. And I remember a conversation having with them. They had clothing stores, high-end clothing stores on Las Vegas Strip. And I remember they asked me to make sales signs for the front of their office or for the front of their stores. And and they literally, I made the sign and they said, can you add some more exclamation points? So that stuck with me forever that a lot of people in vet med as well think that marketing is exclamation points. 50% off. Yeah. Like, no, we don't need to scream these things. If you've got a good product, like we've all watched the Super Bowl. You've seen Super Bowl commercials. They're actually fairly subtle, to be honest. You see a car commercial. They're not like, hey, this is the horsepower. This is this. They're selling you the brand. They're selling you the life. So I think for vet hospitals, I think they get so caught up in wanting to do too much when at the end of the day, it's if you're aha or fear free or cat friendly, showcase that, showcase your hours, showcase the things that make you special, build the brand, showcase what makes you great. Because in most places where I live in Newport Beach, California, I'm not kidding, there are probably 30 vet hospitals within 15 miles of me right now. And guess what? They all offer compassionate care. A third of them are aha, a bunch of them are cat friendly. So if you know you're dealing with that, it has to be the brand. That's my really long-winded answer. And I think we're just trapped in the elevator at this point. Yeah, we had a slight malfunction. No, that's perfect. And it's so important to think about selling and what that is. And it's not necessarily a dirty word, right? Marketing is just explaining the benefits that people get from coming to you. And I love the idea of branding because, yeah, there's going to be a baseline of what every vet clinic should offer. Now, again, should is the key word there. But what makes you different outside of that is going to be some of the other things that you can highlight. So for those that are maybe unfamiliar with Whisker Cloud, quickly, kind of what all do you offer to the clients and customers that you work with? 
Well, it's funny. We were just named one of the top 21 web design companies in America, which and it's so funny because people come to me and they're like, oh, you own the website company. I said, no, we're not a website company. And that's what we're known as because you go in Facebook groups and everyone says, I need a new website idea. And you have 30 comments of Whisker Cloud customers showing off their stuff. And everyone says, holy crap, those are great. Or, you know, Cody Krillman, who's an amazing guy, launches his new clinic up in Canada and we build FenVet or Daniel Lambert launches Snout School, which we built. And you have all these things, but we're not a website company. We're a platform. And the platform is built on Google's cloud servers and it's built on some proprietary code that we put together. So yes, we do these amazing sites, but we have this 70 point checklist. 45 of those things are for SEO and it's security, it's SEO, it's social media, media, it's branding, it's design, it's mobile, it's digital forms, signatures. It's really everything a vet hospital can need. And to be honest, I still struggle with the fact that maybe here in the US, especially here where I am in California, I mean, we have customers around the world. But I think even a lot of people that listen to your podcast would be shocked to know that a number of their colleagues that they're close with work at a hospital that may not even have a website, or may not have a social media presence or don't run ads. And it's hard for me to believe in 2021 that you could even function as a business without those things. But there's a lot that do. But they also think they're sitting there saying, okay, well, we made 800,000 last year, we made 1.1 million last year, we're going to do that this year. And we're going to do that for the next 10 years. When most businesses are thinking, we made 1.1 last year, we need to make 1.4 this year, we need to make 1.6. And I don't know if a lot of hospitals think that way. You probably know that better than I do. Yeah, I think there are going to be a range of folks that are going to think about it differently. And a lot of times we'll have conversations from a financial standpoint of what do you want, you know, ideal lifestyle. And for some people, they want to grow. And I can think of two specific clients right now that they are super entrepreneurial. They have that bug and they're fantastic owner operators, very, very profitable, very, very successful growing like a weed. And it's like, that's absolutely part of their branding. And there's others that maybe they're more content or they're thinking of how can I change this and make adjustments. But you brought up social media. That was one kind of area I want to chat through because I feel like so many people are like, well, you know, need to be on social media. It's like, what does that actually mean? So can you share a little bit about what makes or breaks quality social media content? And there's a lot to unpack there, but social media in general and what I see from some or majority of hospitals, it's like, is this truly additive to what you're doing or are you just spending time here? So I have hard thoughts on this. We just hired a new head of our social media team from Typically, most of our leaders have been promoted from within. That team's growing like crazy. We brought in a woman from a startup in LA who knows her stuff, but she's new to vet med. And her and I have been talking a lot about it. And I keep reminding her that there's two ways to look at social media, whether you're in vet med or not. And I don't know if a lot of people look at it this way. One hand, I'm in a lot of these like Facebook veterinary marketing groups and I see, hey, everyone, look at this post. We got 8,000 impressions or, hey, we got 29 people like this. Or even if you have 180 people like this, the thing I say internally all the time, because I ask our team, how is this hospital doing? We manage our social media. How's it doing? And back in the day, people would say to me, oh, man, look at this post. They had 120 likes. I say, oh, cool. Do they get to pay rent with likes? They don't run payroll with impressions. Okay, cool. So I said, the only number that I want to see and the only number we need to share with our customers is conversions. Because at the end of the day, yes, impressions and engagements are important. But really, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you've got 10 million Facebook fans, but you haven't gotten any single one of them in for an appointment. What is the goal of a veterinary hospital? And I think a lot of people are 
sensitive to that. I was talking to a family member last night because I feel like I'm very close to, I'm going to literally go to war with Google and Yelp on behalf of veterinary medicine because I'm so over what they allow people to do to these veterinary hospitals online anonymously. And we were talking about that. I was talking to my cousin about it. He's a VP at Comcast. And I'm saying, I said, well, tell me about your vet. He says, yeah, we just don't like them. He goes, oh, they got a great Facebook page. They always post the funniest memes. I said, who cares? What's up with your dogs? You've got a 10-year-old German Shepherd and you have a six-year-old Corgi. I said, don't you want information about that? Don't you want to know that June is microchip month? And don't you want to know that perhaps they should be checking that your pets are even microchip because you just moved to New Jersey and maybe you don't know. And maybe your information's not correct. Have you thought about if Garrett or Rex got lost and your new vet could tell you, by the way, come stop by and see us or during your next exam, we can do it. So I think when you're on social media and you're a vet hospital, the memes are cute if you want to build your page. But at the end of the day, you have to be really giving people facts and you can't be afraid to sell. And I think that's where a lot of vets feel weird. It's like, I don't want to sell. No, you have to sell. You have to say it's microchip month. Did you know that one out of three dogs will go missing in their life? And you know that 50% come back because they're microchipped? I mean, there's a lot of stats out there of the one out of three, 90% who are not microchipped never come home. Those are stats I know. And as a pet parent who have two dogs and a cat, I find that really valuable. And even recently going to a new vet since we recently moved, I had them scan my dogs and they're like, okay, is this the right address? And it was correct on both. And I'm thinking, okay, good. If it wasn't, it's a problem. So I think with social media, it's less about the cute graphics and the memes and more about, I think you can still create that stuff, but 99.9% of businesses that come to us and have us sort of revamp their site and do social media. We look at their social and I say, your last 30 posts, you have not linked to your website once. What is the actual point of this page? So I think there's a lot of ways to look at it. Totally. And do you have any other thoughts around maybe why in conversations that those owners or veterinarians in general, like think the word selling is such a bad word? Well, I know why they think selling is bad because they get one star reviews on Google for people to say, can you believe they charge me to trim my dog's nails? And I'm pro vet here. Trust me, try to clip my cat's nails. I'll give you a hundred dollars because I have literal scars on my hand from the times we've tried and we wrapped her like a burrito and we had our vet give us advice. So yeah, I mean, I think they don't want to sell because pet owners are kind of nuts and they've treated vets horrible for so long. And vets just, you know, okay, we're not going to sell. We're not going to do this. But I still think we're in this new generation coming up. You have people like me in my mid thirties, have a wife, two dogs and a cat. And we spend a lot of money on our pets and I want to be sold to. In fact, I just made the switch to different parasite preventions. But see, I'm weird. I ask, I'm like, we're on this. Is this enough? Should we be doing more? And they're like, well, actually, if you're feeling crazy, you could do these three things. I'm like, oh, I'm feeling crazy. I love them. So whatever you need. But you can't assume people say, well, I know our customers. They wouldn't like that. And it's like, well, you might not. You should try it. What's a non-consensus view that you hold about marketing that maybe peers of yours wouldn't agree with? Oh, God, I have a thousand. I think with marketing, I really just think you need a solid brand. So something we even talk about at Whisker Cloud, let me take a step back here. It's we need to crawl, walk, run. So yesterday, me and the head of our design team literally called time of death on this huge automation we're building internally at Whisker Cloud. And we're working on like 50 projects and taking care of our customers. And I said, we can't spend another minute on this. I stayed up all night the night before. I just could not crack the code. And I said, we got to call time of death on this. And and again, I think for most vet hospitals, this has to be 
crawl, walk, run? Do you have a nice logo? Is your clinic clean? You know, we were talking about marketing, right? Like marketing isn't just your website and social media. It also has to do with the way people act when they answer the phone. It has to do with the way that pet parents are treated when they're there. It's about how you handle curbside during COVID. It's about how you clean your hospital. So marketing is all those things. And I think that's probably where a lot of people differ with me because a lot of people think, well, as long as I have a slick website, which we can do, that's fine. And oh, as long as I've got a cool social media presence and I'm doing cool emails, it's great. Not really. I mean, a quick story I'll tell you is one of our customers who we run ads for, we had someone call them, they were put on hold for 10 minutes. And I text the doctor and I said, Hey, can we talk after work and called me and, and I said, can I tell you something? We put someone on hold for 10 minutes. And he said, Yeah, I know that was bad. I said, No, I'm not telling you that someone I know was put on hold for 10 minutes. I'm telling you as the company that manages your ads, we're paying for those clicks. And it doesn't matter. You could have the best hospital on the planet. This person who just called does not know you. And your reception team needs to understand that you can't assume that that person's just, oh, a lifelong lover of your hospital. They're a potential customer that you just paid 5 $6 for that call for on a Google ad and you just put them on hold for 10 minutes. Now they hate you. They're never coming in and they're going to tell the next 10 people that ask them for a vet recommendation. Well, I can tell you where not to go because you're going to get put on hold for 10 minutes. So I think the big thing I would say is a lot of marketers will say, yeah, give us your money. We'll launch ads for you. We'll build you a website. We'll do your social. And I'm like, answer the phone properly first clean up first, make it a nice experience first. Otherwise, the best marketing on earth won't matter. Yeah, that's a great, great response. Wasn't sure how you would take that and where we would go with it. But I think that's actionable for every single person. It's like you have a small marketing budget, you can do all those things, right? Like you can implement that. That is kind of that baseline of the standard of what you want to have happen in your hospital or clinic. So no, thank you for that. Well, and I'll tell you this, it's like, again, we have a lot of people that come to us. I mean, we work with vet hospitals around the world and it really doesn't matter. I mean, yes, their website's great. Their ads are really targeted. Their social media looks good. We built them a new logo. I mean, a lot of people take what we build and turn it into signs and turn it into car magnets and put it on their doors. I can give you the URLs of probably 300 hospitals that are literally built on our color designs and branding. But again, if you don't answer the phone, it doesn't matter. If I'm watching the Super Bowl and I see an ad for the new electric F-150 from Ford and I go down to the Ford dealership and the salespeople suck, doesn't really matter. I'm not going to buy it because I'm leaving anyway. I'm not going to say, well, that commercial was so good. I'll deal with this. I'm gone. So yeah, I think that's a big thing that a lot of people don't think about. Totally. Let's work together and kind of brainstorm. I'd love to hear your opinion and kind of walk through if you were a hospital owner today and let's say you have a fairly healthy budget. And maybe we do it a couple different ways, low, medium, and high, or however you want to take it. Where would you spend money? How would you structure this? And where would you go? And how would you measure success? Yeah. Okay. So this might come off weird. If I had a low budget, I'm not doing it. Because it's just, if I want to open a hospital, I don't think you want to go into anything in life and say, I'm going to do this the cheap way. For the purpose of this, I would say the number one thing, seriously, it's I would make sure that the hospital is really, really beautiful and really clean, has nice lights. I just think that's important. I think you're selling an experience. I mean, for a lot of people like me, my wife and I don't have kids. I have two Boston Terriers. They're 11 and 9. 
I have deep conversations with them every day. Baxter, my nine-year-old Boston Terrier, is in a chair next to me in my home office snoring very loud right now. We have a cat that we love a lot. And at this moment in time, they are our children. This is what we do. And we want to offer the best for them. I mean, we want everything. And that includes when I get there, I want to be able to show up, have it smell nice, have it be a nice experience. So I think whether I was in a strip mall on the West Coast, there's a lot of strip malls, vet hospitals out here, or if I'm on the East Coast, and I have this big thing. Do you have to rebuild it? No, but can you paint it? Can you get the floors looking good? Can you paint the walls? Can you get new windows put in? Can you just do the bare minimum? Can you throw some LED lights in? So I'd say on the low side, if I didn't have a lot, and let's say I didn't want to have a big marketing budget, I would probably just say, okay, do I have friends? Do I have people? How do I get this place looking really good? Fine, I'll go make my own Wix website or Squarespace website for everyone listening. It kills me to even say that, but I'm just saying it for the purpose of this sick and twisted game I'm being put through. And then with the medium budget, it's okay. So I've got that. Listen, you got to have a website. I mean, we now live in a world where if you want to find love, you just swipe with your thumb until you find the right person. And I mean, that's the world we live in now. You want to go to a restaurant? Yeah, I can go look at the last 400 people that have eaten there. I can see a picture of their dinner. I can go on Instagram and look up that place and see everything that's been posted there. People post stuff. This is important. So on the medium budget, just get the nice website. I'm not even telling you to go to Whisker Cloud, although it'd be insane not to. But go get a nice website. Focus on your online listings. Make sure you have accommodating hours and manage your Google reviews, manage your Yelp reviews, have the nice hospital. Fine. Now the fun part of this game, if you had a big budget. And you're the money expert, Isaiah. So before I jump into this, as the expert, is there anything you want to tell me before I start putting together my big ideas for my new hospital? Because part of my budget was hiring you to help us like manage this money. What would you tell me to do? Because Adam at Whisker Cloud's telling me to go nuts. <laughs> I would say if you spent eight years to go become a veterinarian, you've invested a lot of time and energy in blood, sweat, and tears into your skill set the best returning asset you probably could put your money into is going to be your business. So that's a lot of times what I encourage people. And I was just on a podcast not that long ago and I was like plugging, basically spending money on marketing, which it seems weird for a financial advisor to say. But I mean, if I look at what I do personally as a business owner, I don't save the same way as maybe peers that aren't owners. So if I'm an owner and I'm spending money on marketing and things that I can control in my business, the rate of return is going to be higher there than it will be in other places. So I would say, hey, let's probably not do that industry standard like 2% of gross revenue. Let's see what we can really do. I think one of the other things to understand is what's the ultimate vision of what you want to build? What are we trying to get to? Help me understand that. And then, yeah, let's go hire the professionals because Isaiah is <laughs> not the marketer. I will tell you that right now. <laughs> You know, it's funny too, is a lot of people say to me, and this is like the big thing, we don't have a marketing budget. No, that's wrong. Marketing is not a budget. Marketing makes money. Marketing is not a budget. It is an investment. I'm investing money to make more money if you do it right. Now, obviously there are companies where you'll spend money and you won't get what you paid for. I've heard thousands of those stories over the last five years and I totally get that. But again, I always think it comes down to, it's like picking a vet. It's like picking someone to help with money. You got to have that gut feeling. You got to have that trust there. And if you can find companies that you trust and feel good about and feel like they care, you'll be good. So I'm starting this new hospital. I'm starting it where I live down here in Newport Beach, California. And let's just say I'm going to let's 
for the purposes, I found a cool little spot down on the Newport Peninsula right by where I live, and I'm going to go renovate. Awesome. It looks great. We've got awesome signage. I'm going to get the logo in. Now we need to talk about marketing. Yes, we need the website. Yes, we need to have a good social presence. You know what I'm doing? I'm hiring a photographer to get a picture of every doctor that works here, our practice manager. Do we need it of every single person? No. It's one of the hardest things people have to do is right now, I think our team is onboarding about 90 veterinary businesses with like new websites and branding right now at one time. So we're doing that. And a good chunk of them say, well, we can't get pictures. We don't need pictures. I mean, I had to have a conversation with a mobile vet who recently signed up with us. And she said, I want my pictures. And I called her. I said, are you out of your mind? You do in-home euthanasia. You're telling me that I've spent X amount of years with my pet. I'm a random pet owner in Oklahoma where she is. I'm like, you're a random pet owner. And I've spent the last 13 years with this dog by my side every day. And I want someone that I can trust that's going to come into my home on the backside of this pandemic and be there for probably one of the worst days of my life. And I don't even get to see what you look like. Are you crazy? And she totally didn't even, she was like, I don't think that matters. I said, I did does matter. You have to know this is a weird time we live in. It's not like, Ooh, are they attractive? Ooh, do they look like this? It's Ooh, this person's coming to my house. I need to mentally prepare for this. So I would spend money on photography for the hospital, for the equipment, for the doctors, do all that. Because that stuff that you do, that content you create there, it's used on your website. It's used on your print collateral. It's used on your social media. It's used everywhere. It's used in Google and Yelp and all of that stuff. So get good pictures, showcase the business, let people know what it's like to be there. And if you care enough to have a really nice hospital, you want to show it off because there's a lot of hospitals we work with that don't send us photos or the ones they send us. We're sometimes like, ah, yeah, we'll maybe skip the photos on this one and we'll help you with the next batch. And that's how you do it. But, you know, showcase that obviously the brand, once you get the website and stuff like that, and guess what? websites aren't. If you want to go to like a specialty agency where it's going to cost you $10,000, you can totally do that. It's so not worth it. If you're a vet hospital, you don't need it. I mean, it's funny. I don't want to make this a whisper club commercial. We charge a couple hundred bucks a month and it's like SEO, reputation management. You get all those things. So when we're talking about budget, it's a couple hundred dollars a month to make sure that you've got a world-class website, strong SEO, reputation management, unlimited support. You can do like social packages and things like that. But Anyway, so I've got the website, I've got my photography, I have a nice building, important things. You know what I'm doing now? Seriously, I'm not even spending money on advertising because advertising doesn't matter if I can't close on it. What I'm doing now is I'm hiring either a trainer or courses to teach my team how to talk, how to email, how to answer the phone. That sounds crazy, I know. And I know there's a crazy amount of turnover in veterinary hospitals. So I think this is probably something good for you and I to pause right here because I want to ask the money guy now as I'm going through this. Hey, Isaiah, there's so much turnover. Like how much money is lost on turnover for these hospitals every time someone leaves and they have to start fresh and train again? I mean, is that a big thing that people don't think about? Oh, totally. It is a massive hole of any business. I mean, you spend the time and energy to train someone, explain how things are done and you want to be able to retain them. And so just the whole idea of talent retention and being able to attract people. I mean, I think there's probably, even in the Indianapolis area, probably six hospitals are all looking for the same associate veterinarian. They're all telling me, Hey, I'm looking for this person. I'm looking for this person. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, you and a bunch of other people I know. And it's like, I'm not going to pick favorites, but if I find the right person, I'll I'll let them know that there's plenty of opportunities for them. (laughs) And it's the same with the support staff as well. It's difficult. It is a hard time, especially for kind of intro roles where, you know, the pay isn't as high. 
and they can go somewhere else. I just had a conversation with a peer in vet med that they lost two front desk to a cannabis dispensary because they doubled their pay. And it was like, shoot, okay, so we're going to have to start paying our people more. And I think that's a whole nother conversation as well is of trying to make veterinary medicine a career for not just the veterinarian, but for the sports staff and the techs and everyone involved. Yeah, I mean, I really love that. And like I said, even at Whisker Cloud, we don't have a lot of turnover. And But I still know it's expensive when someone leaves ever. It's inexpensive. Or if you let someone go, it's expensive. You have to start fresh. But that's why I think it's so important. If you pay, if you have good vets and you have your good practice manager and you have your good RVTs and LVTs and just to sort of keep some of those things going, I think it's important to have some of that continuity and train them so they can be training people. I mean, at Whisker Cloud, we, t- we teach new people. This is how you reply to customers. This is what you write every single time. This is how our emails are formatted. This is how we get on the phone. These are the words we use. These are the words we don't use. And I think a lot of people come here and they're like, this is nuts. It's not nuts. You know, anyone listening, think about the interactions you have with customer support at any company you deal with or any place you go. It typically sucks. I deal with more insane customer support stuff. And it's from brands you love. But when you have someone on the other end of the phone that makes 10 to 12 bucks an hour and just doesn't really care, man, it's just not good for your business. So yeah, you got to pay a little bit more. So that's what I would do is I would hire up, train them and really explain to them, you're not just our receptionist. I don't want you to think of yourself as a receptionist. You're here to be the front line for us on phone calls, on getting appointments through the door, making sure people are checked out properly. How many people like, you know, as are auditing systems for when you're checking people out after they get services and food and, oh, I need to pick up medication, how much money is lost? So, I mean, I would be spending crazy amount of money on that in a big way. And then once I had all of that solidified, yes, I would be running the most aggressive Google, Facebook, retargeting ads the world has ever seen. I would be going for a 15 to 20 mile radius. I would be spending at least $100 a day. And I can tell you, as the owner of a company that runs $2 million a year in Google ads for veterinary hospitals, we do a great job. But you know what's frustrating for us? And I'll say this, we do a great job managing the budgets they give us and really doing a good job with it. We have two hospitals, one in North Carolina and one in Texas that basically don't have a cap on this thing and just say, let it roll. And that sounds scary, but oh my God, the returns they get from it are unbelievable. And that's how any business does it. You don't become Apple by saying like, I'm going to spend $10 a day on ads. Like you just don't, you don't become the bond vets of the world that everyone loves. Everyone loves bond vet. A lot of people come to us and say, well, can you make us like bond vet? Go look at their pictures on their website. Those aren't iPhone pictures. Those aren't Android pictures. Those are $7,000 camera pictures. Look at their hospital itself. That's not a, yeah, we bought this thing in a strip mall and we put some money into it. That's not elbow grease. Like, so everyone wants to be that, but you don't understand you got to spend the money. But once you spend the money, then you're golden. So, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. So I think for me, it would go in order of, you know, getting the hospital right, getting branding a website, getting the team locked in, and then... I'd really go no cap on my ads. You know, I'd spend 50 to 100 bucks a day. And if things were going well and you had a company that was managing it properly and tracking those things for you, I would just keep turning up the budget. I mean, you're going to hit a number. It's like at Whisker Cloud. If I spend $500 a day versus 450 or 375, sometimes there's not that big of a difference. Sometimes there is. But we look at that over a couple month period and we say, 
okay, cool. Well, at the 375 rate, we're closing just as many deals as when we were spending 500. Let's get that $125 a day back. Let's get that three grand, whatever it is back four grand and do something with it. So yeah, I mean, that's how I'd probably do this. If I had the right budget, I'd just go all in and I'd be going hard. Yeah. Thank you for that. A couple questions that came from that. And first I'll give a comment. It's not an original Isaiah comment, which anyone that listens to the podcast know I like to swipe things, which is steal with integrity and pride and kind of stash them away. But one thing you talked about with your team at Whisker Cloud, which I think is great, is standardize the process, customize the advice. And I think that's super important where you're going to have a process that you work with everyone the same way so that you get similar results. You don't want someone to come in and say, oh my gosh, Whisker Cloud's amazing. They did all this stuff. The next person come in and said, well, I didn't get any of that. My experience was totally different. It's like, no, you need to standardize the process so that people have the same results and then customize the advice because, hey, the budget on this particular hospital is going to be very different than this other one. And maybe they're trying to accomplish different things. Maybe one's a startup, one's established. We don't know. So you're going to customize that advice, but the process has to be standardized the same way you're going to train your team in a veterinary hospital to do these things. And the repetition over and over again, as far as what they do. The other thing I wanted to ask, And I guess my question, that was the statement. You talked about managing budget and ad and kind of that return on investment. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I know it's an art and a science. I'm not someone that does that. Our team, we've just started to explore that a little bit from our business, but it is much more something my partner has a handle on and uh, our ops person. Can you talk a little bit about how that looks, what you do, why you need someone that knows what the heck they're doing? Because it can be an easy (laughs) way to ignite a lot of money on fire if you don't know what you're doing. I had a customer email our support team screaming and going crazy about a month and a half ago, crazy, demanding to talk to me. I don't know if I'd ever met one of the doctors. I met the other one maybe once and I called them and they said to me, what the hell are you guys doing? We're getting appointment requests from Florida and Texas and Arizona and the Dakotas. And I said, that's not possible. And they said to us, no, we're getting them. So we pull up their dashboard while I'm on the phone. I said, I'm looking at your traffic. You're getting traffic from some of those places, but I'm telling you, it's all direct. What are you doing direct? Because it shows us, did it come from organic search? Well, their organic search, obviously the things that we managed through SEO was 100% within their area. I said, so what are you doing? Are you sending out flyers or something? And they said, no, it's just our Google ads. I said, you're not running Google ads. He said, yes, we are. I said, I'm looking at your analytics right now and I don't see any paid traffic here. And he said, I've been running Google ads myself for so long. So I said, pull it up. So we're on Zoom. We pull it up. A, they were set up, but they weren't linked. So our system should catch that, but it didn't because it was set up without telling us and they never linked it to their analytics. So Google doesn't know it's paid. It just looks like direct traffic. Our systems don't catch it because we're just seeing it's, you know, they're getting a lot of direct traffic. And then on top of it, I'm looking at his ads. He did a decent job with keywords, although some of his keyword management, bid management was all over the place. There's just one small little detail that would probably destroy any business. Typically, when you're running ads, you can target zip codes and area radiuses. He was targeting the United States of America of people searching for veterinarians. Now, I don't know who's worse in this scenario. And I said this to him and he was not happy. I said, well, you'll laugh about that later. And then I did hear from him a week later and he said he didn't laugh. But I said, I don't know who's worse in this scenario. You spending thousands of dollars targeting the word veterinarian to the entire country about your small clinic in the Pacific Northwest or the people that click those ads in Florida or Texas or the Dakotas clearly states where you're located on your website and still requested appointments. I said, so if anything, you should be at least telling me, hey, 
people around the country like your website so much that they're willing to book an appointment. But on the flip side, I said, dude, this is crazy. So I think that is why you want to have professionals because there's just things in life you don't think of. I mean, I'm an annoying pet owner. I have an 11-year-old Boston Terrier, a nine-year-old Boston Terrier, and we moved and we went to a new vet. We picked the vet. They have a horrible website. We're working on that, but they are AHA accredited. And I said, you know what? At this point in my dog's life, if it's apples to apples, I'll just pick the AHA accredited one. So, but it was funny. I said to them, I want to run senior blood tests on both. I want full exams on both. I mean, my first appointment with them, just the dogs, not even the cat was 1200 bucks. I mean, I'm happy to pay because I want to go to a new vet. I want them to know my dogs inside and out. I want them to know everything. And I want to know, okay, you're, they're coming into you new right now. They're 11 and nine. These aren't puppies. These aren't three, five-year-old dogs. They're 11 and nine. So if I don't have the right supplements, if I don't have the right food, if I don't have the right medicine, and we ended up, we have the same food, new parasite prevention. We have some new supplements they gave us. And my dogs are incredibly healthy and life's great, but this was all important to me to walk through all of those things. And you want to showcase some of that stuff in your ads. You want to tell people, have a senior pet's awesome. This is what we can provide for you. And that could go to a landing page on the site we build where it's customized to say, these are the 10 things you care about. And these are what we're going to do. So I think there's a little bit of both sides of that. A, you have to have someone who can run the ads and tell the story with 60 characters in that ad. But B, it's also good to have the same company managing where they end up after they click that ad. And I think that's really important. Totally. And what you just described too, and again, I go back to kind of financial planning is aligning the money that you have with what's most important and kind of the values. And so for you, your dogs, like you talked about for you and your wife, they are like your family. They are like your children. You are going to bear, there's no expense that's too great at this point, right? Like you are going to take care of them and you want the best care. That's not going to be everybody, but you can't expect that no one else wants that. And say, well, yeah, that's just not what I believe as the doctor. It's like, no, 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 you don't know what someone else values in the same way that I might think, hey, Adam, this is the thing you need to do from a financial planning perspective. And it's like, well, that doesn't align with your mission and value. And I can't project that onto you. Like, you know what you want to do. I think that's important from a marketing, branding, and a hospital perspective as an owner is to also say, don't interpret what everyone wants to be the exact same thing as you. Just do great work and then let them choose and give them options. I think it's super important. So just wanted to highlight that. No, and I agree with the great work. I mean, at the end of the day, you can do all the marketing in the world. If it's a bad product, or if you're not a good vet, or if you're rude or not good with customers, and it just won't matter anyway. So at that point, there's no marketing that can help you. Totally, totally. Yeah, you can get people in all the time, but if they only ever see you once, that's not great. And that's something to certainly track as well. What is something that we haven't talked about maybe yet that you think is really critical or you'd like to share a little bit about? Yeah, I mean, I just think it's so important for hospitals to think about processes. And again, I'm going to like take a step back away from even the marketing side of things and the design side of things and just talk through some of these things. I just think it's important to have your processes in place with everything. What can you automate? If you're sending out postcards and things like that, get an app like Pet Desk. Have some of those things automated for you. The time you spend, and I think about this a lot, we have entry-level people on this team. We have a lot of non-entry level people on this team. What can we automate? What is important for a person to be doing and what can be automated? And I always think about veterinary businesses, how much money is lost. Like I've thought about this too, and I don't want this to come off wrong, but it's like sometimes you walk in a hospital, I have four people sitting at the front desk and you're like, did you need four people here? That just seems like a lot. I mean, 
if you offer benefits, if you offer 401k, I know not every hospital does that. I know they're not all full time. Some might be 1099s and I don't know that. But the point is, it's like there's four people there. Why do you need four people? And where could that money be better spent? How can you be optimizing your workflows and business? How can you get rid of some of those things? You know, and especially, God, if you've got four people that are on the phone or answering emails or talking to people, you're doing some curbside stuff, you got doctors coming in and out, you got phones ringing. It's just truly a nightmare. So, one of the things that I love that we do at Whisker Cloud that drives everyone else crazy is we do quarterly audits. I mean, our audits are hardcore. We have to go into a an insane amount of websites and the social pages and the ads, like the social and ads things we're auditing every couple of weeks, but we still do these like massive company-wide audits. We audit our billing. Hey, did we miss anything? Are we charging everything properly for everyone? So I always think about that and you'd be shocked. I remember there was one weekend like a year ago and it's never happened again. You know, I woke up and I said, okay, so we actually don't make money when we host emails for people. It's sort of this add-on thing and we give everyone our exact cost from Google to the penny. Now that's weird. Actually, this is something good since this is sort of a money podcast. Let's talk about this. I call that our Costco rotisserie chicken. And for those of you listening that don't know what that is, Costco's most popular product is the rotisserie chickens. And those rotisserie chickens are $5 and they put them in the exact back middle of the store and they surround it with the best stuff in the store and they lose money or they break even whatever it is on these stupid rotisserie chickens. But this is what they're telling you to do every time you and your wife or you and your kids or whoever you yourself to say, I want to go, you know, those rotisserie chickens are good. It's five bucks. I'm going to go get one. They're daring you to walk through Costco and walk out of there with just that chicken. And guess what? No one does. And they're daring you. They're double daring you. We're going to put it at the far back of the store. If you can close your eyes and sprint back there and grab your chicken, good for you. So that's our rotisserie chicken. It's emails. It's, hey, we're not going to even make money on it. We want you to love your Whisker Cloud site. We want you to love your hosting on our Google Cloud servers. We want you to love the ads and social and all the other stuff we do. And as a big part of that, we know that if you have your website with us and you have your SEO with us and you have your emails with us, we do a lot of stuff. So that's our email story. It's, I don't want to have products. It takes us a lot of time and effort to build those things and maintain them and do stuff and keep them running for you. And we literally, you know, if you think about it, if we break even, we lose money just from manpower. So we have those. I decided on this like Saturday morning, well, you know what? I'm going to go audit. Like, are we at least billing properly? Isaiah, I found five figures of missing money where we had emails that weren't being charged. For me, I mean, I remember Monday morning, I got everyone involved on that team. And I said, where, I mean, this wasn't like, oh yeah, there were 20 emails and each email is like five, six bucks a month. Well, there's 20 of them. That's a hundred dollars a month. If you had only 20, that's 1200 a year. Nope. It was over a hundred. And I remember like I said to everyone, I'm not mad because this just shows me I didn't put something in place for this. Yeah, I mean, it was five figures in lost revenue on a stupid thing that we don't even make money on. So those are the importance of doing the audits and things like that and just kind of taking ownership of stuff like that. You know, we got the billing corrected and a lot of people got a lot of free emails for a couple months and we lost our ass on it, but that's life. Totally. Thank you for sharing that. It's so true that sometimes businesses, it's just there's so many things going on and things 
slip through, but it's serious revenue that's out there. So I think the idea of optimizing and figuring out your processes and checking and not getting so wound up into just day-to-day things, but like the whole idea of working on or working in your business, like people have heard that saying a million times, but it's really important. I think that's a great illustration of something where you were fortunate enough to catch that at a time. And it's like, hey, at the end of the day, I love what you said about owning it, you know, as someone that's running the business, like, hey, I'm not mad, I'm frustrated, we should have done better. But at the end of the day, the buck stops here. And you took ownership for that and said, hey, let's rectify it and fix it and move forward. So that's another thing. And we could go and talk about leadership if we had all day to do this. But I think that signals that as well. And there's been plenty of people on the podcast that have talked about within veterinary medicine, just the lacking leadership that's out there. And sometimes people not wanting to do things. And instead of casting blame and going in there and hell and brimstone type of speech and screaming at everyone about how mad you were, it, do it a different way. And it probably goes a long way with the team and fixing the issues. So yeah, I applaud you for that. So this is the segment as we kind of wind down that I always ask people uh, that are guests, anything you want to know from me, questions, nothing's off limits. I was going to ask something weird, but then I'm like, you know, sort of know me, but not well enough to understand my humor. The people listening would not have gotten it. That was a quick tongue bite there. Okay. <laughs> so as the money expert, I mean, this is one thing I think about a lot because, you know, people sign up with us and they'll say, oh, you're going to do this, 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 it's a couple hundred bucks. Like we don't have that in the budget or I hear it a lot. We're too slammed. We're shorthanded. We're this, we're that. And I always think of it, it's like, yeah, if I was shorthanded and I could pay a couple hundred bucks a month and have something bringing in traffic and bringing people in and I could complete forms online and I could do curbside check-in forms or request appointments from my phone and I could have these things coming in and I don't need to pay a receptionist full-time or I don't need to do this, this, and this. It's a money saver. So, oh, it's a two-part question. Number one is, hey, why do veterinary business owners have that mindset of, I don't have the budget, I don't have this? And beyond that, it's what percentage, and this might get you in trouble, but hey, that's what we're here for. What percentage of veterinary hospital owners are sitting there truthfully planning for six months from now in their business with the revenue? Because I can tell everyone listening at Whisker Cloud, I know who we're hiring and when we're hiring for the rest of 2021. We're hiring six more people max, and I know the exact positions. I know the maximum I can give all of them. I know where our advertising budget's going. Like That is already laid out. It's mid-June right now, and I can already know that for the rest of 2021. So how many vet hospitals think that way and do that? And like I said at the beginning, why is there that sense of always like, I don't have money for this. I don't have money for that. As a business owner, I just don't believe you're allowed to say that. Well, I think the answer to the first question of the mindset piece is probably the just growing up or having some sort of a scarcity mindset of you know never having enough. And like, where can you can you tighten the purse strings? And a lot of times it seems silly that marketing is that place where people are like, well, I'm just not going to spend money on that. Because again, if you work with someone like yourselves, like Whisker Cloud, like it's not like you start paying money and the next day, all this new stuff comes. It is a commitment over time to say, I am going to do this. And there is a reason and rationale for how this works, but it's not instantaneous. Now, maybe it is for somebody and that's great. Hopefully that is. But for a lot of folks, Adam, I'm sure it takes time to get this stuff up and running and figuring out exactly how you want to position it. And there is a method to the madness of how you do it, but it's not instantaneous. So I think the idea of scarcity, of just being scared, like what if there's not a return there? Maybe it's been something that bit them in the behind before when they worked with somebody. But I would say it's probably just a mindset thing where the industry as a whole has never really done a great job at wanting to go out and market 
themselves because the businesses just kind of come. It's been a word of mouth industry. They don't view themselves as competing against other services. And I think there was, oh, I'm spacing all of a sudden on which podcast it was, but it's the conversation I had and it was talking about how vet med is competing against not just other veterinarians, it's competing for discretionary income. And so you need to have the ability to advertise the same way that everyone else is from a discretionary service-based business. So I just think it's a mindset shift and it's probably coming from a scarcity piece. The other question on the, what percentage of veterinary hospitals are planning focused and moving forward? Again, I have probably a small subset of people that I know that fit that. And there are plenty of owners that I've never had the pleasure of having a conversation with, right? So my viewpoint is different and it's probably skewed also to the point that they are reaching out and maybe are a little bit more proactive. So I would say overall, it's going to be low. I don't know exactly what the percentage is, but it's low. I can think of the two most successful hospitals that I work with. They do know without a doubt and are very, very much planning focused, ask really detailed questions, want to know, are talking about how they're going to attract the associate that they're trying to hire, the new building they're building next year, getting things in place to win, whether it's they're building an opportunity zone and what's the tax ramifications and benefits and where's that money going to go and, hey, have this extra cash, where should I be putting it? Where does it need to be allocated towards? And being on top of their numbers when they get that back from their accountant and their CPA, when they're pulling their QuickBooks, when they're looking at that and they're understanding how is their business functioning and how healthy is it? The two people I know that are the most on top of that are the ones that are the most planning focused and they, not surprising enough, are the most profitable and the ones that are growing at a healthy, healthy, healthy clip. I mean, it's just that simple. If you're okay, sort of live in that same life. I know I work seven to six, Monday through Friday, we're closed weekends. I have my weekends. That's cool. That's great. But it's less about, I mean, we have a lot of hospitals who say, well, we don't need new customers. And then six months later, they're like, can you help us? We really need help. It's well, because for six months, you didn't even bother getting your name out there because you felt that you didn't need new customers. So you thought I'll just turn the water off. You can turn it down. Don't turn it off. When you turn it off, it's gone. So I think that's what a lot of people do too, is they think of everything in cycles. It's like, oh, we just had a good month. Let me turn my ads down. No, you had a good month because the ads worked turn them up, have a bigger month this month. Whisker Cloud has grown every single month since we launched ever. We've never had a down month ever. But that's really, I mean, A, well, again, but I think for us, we're a subscription business. So as long as you add one new subscription every month, you grow. But on the flip side of that, in terms of even bringing in new business, I mean, that's what we do. But again, every month for the last, it's been exactly 61 months of Whisker Cloud. It's like for the last 61 months, our marketing budget, our employee numbers, everything we do has gone up every single month because this is what you have to do in this world. You have to be, if you want to be aggressive, trust me and everyone listening out there, running a business sucks. I mean, I talk about that a lot. HR stuff sucks. Hiring is a nightmare. Isaiah, I was going to tell you this as a joke. I'll say it on there. I just had my biggest tax bill of all time. As you all hear me saying, oh, our, our business has grown every month since we launched. Yeah, they get you hard when you're in Southern California. Trust me. I was me. about to say, you pay a premium for where you live too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I opened that email and I grabbed my wife's shoulder next to me and I showed it to her and she was like, oh my God. I said, yeah. So <laughs> it's not fun, but you want to take care of your people. You want to grow the business. You got to keep pushing it. And that's what we do. Yeah, I love that. And we did mention it a little bit at the beginning, at the top of our conversation about the podcast that you all do called uh, Whisker Talks. I definitely would encourage people to check that out. But for those that are interested in connecting, talking to you or the team, where would you send them? Where do they find you? All that good stuff. 
Yeah, I mean, go to whiskercloud.com. There's a lot of information there. Listen, even if you don't need our services, it's totally okay. You know, go to the blog. We have a big team that manages that blog. We're constantly pushing out just insane information. I mean, I'm really big on sharing information and helping veterinary medicine. So customers or not, go check that out. We have the podcast. It's great. We've got, I mean, you're going to be on it next week, right? I got you next week and I got some big questions for you, but we've had some of the biggest and brightest in vet med. And yeah, I mean, check out whiskercloud.com, Whisker Talks podcast, go to our social media pages. You're going to learn a lot. Everything we do is data and stat based. So you're going to learn that the average person, when they look at a website, takes their brain two tenths of a second to form an opinion about the brand and two seconds for their eyes to even realize what they're looking at. So before someone's eyes even look at your full website, their brain already says, this looks cool, or this isn't for me. So start thinking about that, like what we talked about earlier. The same thing happens when they walk into a building. It's that two-tenths rule. It's like, "Mm, nope, this is not where I'm going to be trusting my two senior Boston Terriers. I don't trust you for 50 reasons. Or, wow, this is great. So those are the important things. I will definitely give a shout out. The content that you all put out in the team, it is something that is really impressive. So bravo and it's definitely worth checking out like you said anyone can learn from it client or not so thank you for coming on thank you for spending the time such a fun conversation a lot of good takeaways yeah i just appreciate your time thanks man looking forward to hearing this and having you on next week thanks for listening to today's show the comments made on today's show should not be taken as investment tax or legal advice All comments are for educational purposes only. You should consult your team before implementing anything. Isaiah Douglas is a partner of Vincere Wealth Management. Isaiah is registered in the state of Indiana, California, Texas. The biggest compliment you can give to this podcast is to share it with a friend. Reviews help the show get found, and Apple Podcasts is the platform that predominantly is how people listen to the show. If you have three to five minutes, you like the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts, give us an honest rating and review. That'll help more people find the show. For all of today's links and information, head over to veterinariansuccesspodcast.com. There you can subscribe via your favorite podcast podcast platform so you won't miss another episode. Finally, if you'd like more information, insights, and have the ability for your voice to be heard and interact with show guests, join the private Facebook group. You can go to the Veterinary Success Podcast on Facebook or head over to the veterinariansuccesspodcast.com. Scroll all the way to the bottom where it says about your host and then click on the Facebook icon. That'll bring you into the Facebook group. I'll approve you. You'll be in. And then I'd love to hear your questions, feedback, and anything that you'd like to see added to the show. So with all that, thank you so much for listening. I'll be talking again to you soon.